0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. and praise this morning we are so glad if you are joining us here today in person welcome um, pastor Gabe in case you don't know who I am um, uh, along with my wife, Leginska, we have the opportunity to pastor here, our English service in Emmanuel Church in Templo Emanuel. And we are, I'm excited today, if you are joining us here online, we also welcome you. You are part of our family as well, just because you're not here with us in person doesn't mean you are not part of our family. And if you're here this morning, you can take a seat Um Uh, before I get into the the rest of the word, I just want to invite you first of all, uh, to continue to support this ministry and everything that we do. Your giving supports what we do in the day to day, uh, and, um, Uh, things we do helps us keep our doors open and continue to minister the gospel to our city uh, uh, to our city to the city of houston and second of all we want to invite you to tuesday our tuesday night e-groups which is our small group ministry in which we uh, get together to study the bible to pray together to play some games sometimes and eat i mean who doesn't like to eat right uh, We're going to be studying a book called The Emotionally, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so if you have a chance Tuesdays at 730 to join us, um, you can find out more about it on our website uh, and, or in our social media account. So we are glad you would be able to join us uh, in person for that. Um, today, we are beginning a brand new series called Fresh a new look fresh a new look and the heart of this series is behind uh, behind the behind this series lies a change in perspective so that we can change ourselves and work together to help the church change to better reflect jesus cuz that's what we're called to do reflect Jesus, We are called as the church to be the body of Christ in our world, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world so that we might reach people with the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is. And today we're at a crossroads in the world that we live in today because there, are, there has been much criticism of the church. The church often leaves a bad taste in people's mouths and not the kind that just goes away. You know, you eat something, you got a bad kind of like aftertaste and just goes away on its own. But sometimes you have that taste that just doesn't go away. No matter what you eat, no matter what you do, it just stays there. And that has happened for many people of the church. And there is going to be criticism always that's going to be there and it's going to be unfounded because people don't like the church just because they don't like Jesus. And that's going to happen. There's not much we can do about it. But there is a lot of other criticism that is happening in the world today that I have often seen people label as persecution of the church. When in fact, I have often viewed it as simply asking the church to hold itself accountable and to hold itself to the standard that we profess to actually have, to be like Jesus. Cause there are a lot of times where the church often is not very much like Jesus. People that will call themselves followers of Jesus, believers of Jesus, and yet the way they live is often opposite of his teaching. It's opposite of what we have been called to do. And so, with good reason, there are often people pointing fingers at the church saying, Hey, you said you love people, but it doesn't look like that. Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, if you know who he is, a very influential person in world history, and in Indian, in uh, Indian history. He was a very famous spiritual Buddhist man who led India in its peaceful revolution away from British rule. And in a conversation with a pastor, uh, a man named James E. uh, McIldowney, I don't know if I am saying that right, but he said to him, he says, I have great respect for Christianity. I often read the Sermon on the Mount and have gained much from it. I know of no one who has done for more for humanity than Jesus. In fact, there is nothing wrong with Christianity. But the trouble is with you Christians. You do not begin to live up to your own teachings. And this has often been the case. And this is why people point fingers at the church. And we call it persecution. And we yell and we whine. Because honestly, that's what it is. We whine. That people don't like us. But is it really unfounded? Or is it just a bunch of us that are just being jerks? Just being rude. That are not really following the teachings of Jesus. As we live out our faith, we should strive to be like Jesus. And yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we make mistakes. We do things that we shouldn't. We say things that we shouldn't. We act in ways that we shouldn't. But that should not be an excuse. It should not be an excuse because we'll use that as, well, you know, the church is not perfect. People are not perfect. It's full of imperfect people. Yeah, yeah, we know. But if we're going to continue to preach that the gospel of Jesus is the love of Jesus, then we'd better start acting like we're trying to work on that, that we're trying to be better at that. And so as such, this series is going to touch on how we as individuals and we as a church can change our perspective, change and grow to be like Jesus in the world. We're going to talk about how important it is that we slow down from a fast-paced life, how important it is to examine ourselves, what it means to deal with money. I know people don't like us to talk about money in church. Believe me, I don't like it either. As a pastor, I don't because I see the faces of people and bring up money and they're like, "Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. But we're going to talk about it and the seeking of our own glory, breaking down our pride. And why that is so important. But today we begin with talking about how to slow down the life we live. And the title of my message today is Stop and Smell the Roses. I'm sure you've heard that saying. You know, Stop and smell the roses. It's a cliche. It's a saying that, that gives us an opportunity to say, hey, maybe you're moving too fast. Maybe you're doing too much. Maybe you're not really paying attention to life. And that you should take an opportunity to stop, slow down, and actually smell the roses. Because I think more often than not, we live a life that is so fast-paced that we don't even realize what is happening. We don't realize what's going on. We're moving from place to place, from person to person, from app to app, from, th- from activity to activity, to event to event. And we're moving so fast that we don't even understand the consequences of it until it's too late. For those of you who don't know, I drive a Jeep. A uh, 2010 Jeep Wrangler Sport Unlimited. I don't know much about cars, but I try to do my best to take care of my Jeep. I've had it now since 2014 since for about, uh, is that six years? I think. I'm not good at math either. Forgive me. I've had it for about six or seven years. Someone said seven. That's probably right. Uh, I've had it for about that long. And so the, the vehicle itself is about 11 years old. It's a 2010 model. And I do my best... And I've been learning how to take care of it, but our worship leader guy has showed me how to change my brake, so I know how to do that now. I still don't know how to change my own oil. Working on that, Uh, I'm I'm fixing a few things here and there that I know that needs to take care of it. In contrast, the car I had before this was a Chevy Cobalt, a 2008 Chevy, 2000 yeah 2008 Chevy Cobalt, and I kind of killed it. I, I say I kind of killed I killed it. I, I didn't change the oil for way too long. Pistons in the engine got stuck and the engine got shot. And I broke it. Yeah, So it didn't work. So I'm trying to do better. But one of the things that I didn't know what was wrong with my Jeep re- until a couple of years back is the speedometer doesn't work properly. And I didn't know this. And so... How I found out was that I got pulled over. I was in an area that was like a 35 mile, you know, neighborhood area, and I was driving through the Jeep. And suddenly, sirens and lights start blaring behind me, and I get pulled over. And you know that they do the typical thing. Do you know why I pulled you over today, sir? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. I'm confused. And he says, Well, you're doing about 40 in a 35 mile zone, so you're speeding. And I'm like, Ah, oh, five miles. It's not that much, but still. I'm like, my response was reflexively, but that's not what my speedometer says. Don't ever answer an officer like that. Like, you probably shouldn't do that. But that was my response. Luckily, all he said was, well, then you need to get it checked. And the thing about it is, is that we are like that in life. Sometimes we are moving way faster than we think we are. I've had times where I'm traveling on my way to San Antonio uh, when I was in Bible school and like I zoned out. And suddenly I look at my speedometer. I'm like going 80 miles an hour in a 50 mile zone. And I'm like, good Lord, there's no state troopers around. Thank you. Thank you. But we do that. We, we move at such a fast pace that sometimes it's too late before we realize the harm that it has done. The problems that it's caused us. The things that it has uh, brought up in our lives. The the things that has broken in our lives. Because see, we live in this culture that is very much this hustle culture. This culture of work 24-7, 365, 366 if there's a leap year. Don't take days off. Grind in your sleep. We're supposed to be always working, always moving, always progressing, always trying to do something. But this is harmful to us in ways that we often do not realize. So we're going to go to the Bible now. Because there is a story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, that demonstrates a little bit of this. What Jesus would like us to really do with our lives. How we can slow down. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, I'm reading an NIV version. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. be taken away from her so in this story where we find two sisters who are moving about they invited jesus into their home and we find martha who is preparing things she's preparing food she's got a guest in her house and she's doing the right thing you know oftentimes people will read this story and they will criticize martha and they'll be like don't be a martha don't, don't, don't. You're, you're getting distracted. You're doing too much. Just, you just gotta stop. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He said, Mar- Martha, you, you're not doing anything wrong, but you're focused on the wrong things. You're, you're moving too much, too fast, and you're not realizing that you're trying to take something away from someone who has found something good. In fact, you could join me in this place at this moment and I wouldn't criticize you. I know you have work to do. I know there's things that got to be done because, I mean, that's life. We got to work. We work so we can have money. We have money so we can eat. We have a place to stay. Buy the things we want. Enjoy ourselves. Enjoy this life. It's necessary to work. But there is a point where which we can go too far do too much and end up damaging ourselves physically emotionally socially and spiritually we move so fast we move so quickly do so much that we are damaging and hurting ourselves and sometimes we don't even see it we damage ourselves physically we're always tired anybody always tired I always, sometimes I I, I feel that, you know, we we have those conversations with people. It's like, oh, how are you doing today? And our typical default answer is, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. When we really want to answer, I'm tired and I don't want to be here. I'm tired and I need some more sleep. Because I shouldn't be waking up this early to do this. It, my brain is not active. I, I didn't sleep enough. I didn't do, get enough coffee. You know, I, without coffee, I wouldn't be able to function in the day. We're tired. But we don't want to say that because we don't want to be that person. Oh, you know, They're always tired. They look it too. And you're going to start looking it. <laughs> ah, that's the one thing I hate. Sometimes people are like, you look tired. I know, okay? I know, I, I realize that this is the truth. I, I look tired, I know. But we get physically tired. We, we have no energy to do the things we want to, let alone work. We can't focus on our jobs. We can't focus on our, uh, uh, what's going on at home. We can't do anything that we enjoy because we are out of energy. We are sapped of energy. And that's what it will do. If we're living life too quickly, too fast, we'll end up exhausted. We'll end up emotionally, mentally exhausted, because this kind of culture, this fast-paced living, this this hustle culture, is always moving the goalposts. It's a you reach one goal and it's like, oh, this is not enough. Need more. This is not enough. I need more. I need more. I need more. And so it's always moving the ghost pulse, And eventually you train yourself to say that I'm not enough. Because I'm simply not reaching where I need to be. Simply not doing what I need to be. So we torment ourselves. Torment our minds. Torment our bodies. And we tell ourselves we are not enough. I am never enough. We don't have energy, we don't have the mental fortitude, we become stressed and anxious. America has never been more stressed and anxious in its history. I read an article that said 55% of Americans in 2019 said that they were stressed. That number has risen since then, and it's only been three years. 55 or more now percent of Americans say they are stressed because of life and work. We become anxious. Our minds are breaking down and this inner turmoil will often lead to depression, anxiety, and probably other mental health disorders. And that, that's not to say that that's the only cause of these things. But we can cause ourselves to be in these places because we are exhausted, moving at a pace that we are not built for. We exhaust ourselves socially. We alienate people that are important in our lives. We become lonely and isolated. That is also an epidemic. So much so that uh, last year, I believe Angela Merkel, the the Prime Minister of Germany, set up a loneliness minister because that's how bad the epidemic was in Germany. That I, I'm sa- I'm saying Germany, and now I'm thinking it's UK. It's one of those prime ministers. <laughs> I got my facts mixed up right now, but that's how bad it was. So so bad that they needed someone to focus on that epidemic because people were surrounded by crowds, but yet lonelier than ever. Because we have moved we're moving so fast that we have no time for people to be around us. We alienate our spouses, we alienate uh, uh, our significant others, family, friends. We end up alone, tired. Lonely, we, we don't have the support groups to help us get past difficult situations in life because we are on our own. Our relationships end up just being shallow and empty, surface level. We're only Facebook friends, really. You got Facebook friends like that? It's like, I don't even know these people. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they know me. People send me some messages something. How are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> And that's how we are. We, that's how our relationships end up being shallow. We have alienated ourselves, broken ourselves socially. And we have broken ourselves spiritually moving at this pace. We get sucked into a mentality, not only that we are never enough for ourselves, but that we are never enough for God. That God is always requiring more of us when he's not. Yet that's what we believe. That's what our heart tells us. And now we think we're not good enough. And so we can't come to God in prayer. We can't spend time with God because we feel like we don't deserve that from him. I'm not good enough. Or we are just simply too busy to make time to be at church, to be in small groups, to be praying or reading the Bible. We're we're just too busy. And so we break ourselves these ways. We have damaged ourselves living at this high-speed, fast lifestyle that is just constantly moving from thing to thing, from person place, to place, everything. Yet, if we find ourselves experiencing this, it's most likely we're doing that. We're moving too fast. So we got to figure out what we can do. How can we then change that? What does a life that is slowed down look like? What does a life that is slowed down look like? Sometimes we don't even know. Or we might not even realize that we're we're doing this. You know, this past year, this pandemic, I found myself busier than ever. And yet we were like shut in in our homes. And yet this was a sentiment that I shared with many other pastors that told me I've never been more busy than I am now. And it's exhausting. So we have to do something to change it. And honestly, right now, I'm still in a place of moving out of that brokenness, moving out of that fast pace. I'm starting to slow down my life. And so I want to take you on this journey with me. Because it's strange. It's not easy to live life slowly when we're accustomed to moving fast. Yet by design, God has called us to walk with him, not run. The only person in the Bible that ever talked about running the race was Paul. And Paul was one of those people that was like a type A personality, always moving, always doing something. But throughout the Bible... The Bible tells us that we are called to walk with him. In Genesis chapter 3, at the very beginning of creation, we see that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day. This was something that we, we might believe that, that God was accustomed to do. That he would walk with Adam and Eve, talk with them, be with them, get to know them so that they could know him. He walked with them. If you were close to God or considered righteous, it was often accredited that you walked with God. The man named Ena, it says he never died because he walked with God. And God took him with him, so he never died. This is what it, this is what it was. And throughout the rest of Scripture, we see that to live a life of faith is to walk with God. To obey God is to walk in His ways. God is constantly and has been telling us, constantly telling us that we're supposed to be at a slower pace than we really are, but we aren't paying attention. We're moving so fast that we miss that God is trying to tell us, hey, slow down. Walk. Walk with me. I'm not asking you to run. Walk with me. Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama writes in his book, Three Mile an Hour God, God walks slowly. Because he is love. And I thought that was so beautiful. God is love. And he knows that building a good relationship takes time and effort. It's not something that's fast. It's not something that moves quickly. That is called infatuation. I'm sure many of us have been in a relationship where suddenly we're like, man, it's been a lot. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Everything is moving at a fast pace. And it's like, I want to be with you forever. And we have that place in life. And those emotions are good. But to build something that is strong, it takes time. It takes effort to be able to grow that love. God is love so he walks so that we can know him. Some of my favorite moments... In my, in my marriage, in my relationship with my wife, have been the moments that I don't have to worry about what's next on my to-do list. I don't have to worry about what's next, what event is coming up, what thing I have to work on next, what thing I have to do. But the moments I can simply be with her so that I can talk to her, have a conversation with her. Laugh with her. Enjoy her presence. Enjoy being with her. And that is how you build that strong relationship, walking and being slowly with that person, with God. He wants to know us. God's speed is walking because he loves us. He knows us already, and he wants us to know him like we, he knows us. He so says, hey, we need to take it slow. We need to do, You need to do something a little bit different. Because a slow life looks much different from what we're used to. When we're walking, when we're living our lives slowed down individually, this looks like we can take notice of creation. The world we live in, I know we live like in the suburbs of the city of Houston. Our church is in the suburbs of the city of Houston. And so it's not always a pretty sight. But sometimes I have been enamored by the, by the fact that I can go outside and I can see the sunset and the colors. and things. Sometimes If we slow down, we actually get a chance to admire creation. And not just creation. Sometimes the things that humanity makes and builds are amazing in and of themselves. To be able to admire the things that are around us, whether God made them or we made them. To take notice of things. I'm so... I I have often found myself in places where I didn't even notice how fast I was going or what I'm doing. Because my mind won't even notice. Suddenly there will be a building there. I'm like, where did that come from? it's like, they've been building it for months. How did you not see that? I don't know. It just popped up out of nowhere for me. But if we're living at a slower pace, we can actually take notice. We can actually enjoy being with others. How many of us are so quick to rush out of church because we're hungry? Or we're on to the next thing. And we don't take time to actually get to know the people that are here. The people that share our faith, that share the space with us. That we're just rushing to get out of the door and on to the next thing. But a slow down life, we can actually enjoy other people's company. If we slow down our lives, we can find meaning in work, we, the w- work that we do. Like, actually enjoy your job and feel accomplished. Studies have shown that the hustle culture actually damages per- work productivity. The more that people are working, the more tired they are and the less productive and the less quality their work presents. There are places and nations in the world that have cut down work week and their hours to four-day work weeks. Man, that sounds beautiful. We're not there yet here. Four-day work weeks that people are happier, more productive, and their quality of work is better. Because they've slowed down their lives. Sometimes we may not find meaning in our work because we're just doing too much of it. And so instead of becoming something that we enjoy, it becomes something that we hate. We don't want to be at. A slow down life means that we can love God better and love others better. If we're always moving, how are we supposed to actually love the people that are around us? If we're rushing from one thing to the next, we're in and out of wherever we go. And we're never taking time to actually notice the people that might be hurting. Jesus did that often. Jesus walked wherever he went, and he often took interruptions because there were people on the side of roads, people calling out to him. That wasn't where he was going, That wasn't what he was doing, that he would never have noticed if he was focused on his destination instead of what he was doing. As a church, slowing down looks like this. Instead of a crowded calendar, we have fewer and more meaningful events. More meaningful spaces to actually connect with God and connect with each other. It looks like instead of focusing on numbers, which are important, numbers represent people. Those are good things. But if we are so focused on the numbers and reaching the next goal and reaching the next thing, we instead focus on the people that are in front of us and how we can love them better. Instead of fast-tracking people through programs and through this and through that, you need to go through this next steps and all this stuff and fill out this program and get into this thing and get into that thing. Instead, focus on meaningful growth in their faith instead of shallow digging. That's what that does. If we fast-track people through, that's all that they get, shallow faith. But if we take time for growth in contemplation, we can build help build people that will be strong in their foundation of faith. This is not an easy task, but we need to learn to walk with God, to know Him more, to be more like Jesus. Slowing down looks different for each of us, for sure. But there are some key things that we need to slow our pace down. First, we gotta be aware. We gotta pay attention. We gotta we gotta take a moment. Sometimes that means instead of moving, we need to take a moment to stop. Not just moving, not just walking slowly, not just any. We need to take a moment to stop. We need to start with awareness. They say that the first step in fixing a problem in your life is admitting that you have one. Awareness means that we are actually cognizant of what is happening around us that we notice that we might be moving too fast sometimes that's going to take other people yeah i didn't really realize how deep i was into the burnout hole how deep i was and how fast i was moving in my life until a friend of mine consistently started telling me you need a vacation and you need a break and then i started noticing like, hey man he's he's saying this quite a bit (laughs) Sometimes we need other eyes to tell us, hey, you're doing too much. You're moving too quickly. And he told me that. I was like, you know what? Maybe, 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 maybe there's something wrong. Maybe, maybe I am too busy. Maybe I am moving too much, moving too fast, doing too much. We have to start with awareness. We have to stop ourselves and check. Are we physically tired? Are we socially estranged from people? Are, are, are we spiritually not spending time with God? Uh, are we mentally drained? If we look back at those symptoms, the hurt that this fast-paced life can, can cause, are we looking at that and say, D- does, do, do any of those boxes check out for me? then we might be moving too fast. We might need someone to actually tell us, or we might be able to check ourselves, but we need to start by being aware because we can believe we are doing the right things, moving at the right pace and everything, but we could be miles off of course. We could be miles off course and not even know where we're going. Secondly, we need to take time for silence. Take time alone. Jesus often took time away from his schedule, away from the busyness, away from his speaking, away from his teaching, even away from his disciples, who were the people that were closest to him. We often find Jesus several times in the Bible, walking away from everything that was going on so he could find a place to pray alone. And this is hard. Silence is not easy. I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're trying to have a conversation. There's just that awkward silence. It's like, man, someone's got to say something. It's weird. I think it's especially weird when it's someone like you don't know. It's like a silence among friends. You know that I I know this person. That's cool, but when it's someone you're just meeting, it's just like it's quiet. It's like should I say something? Because it's too quiet. We don't like silence. Sometimes we don't even like being alone. You know, sometimes we don't even like being on our own, but Jesus showed us that in order to refresh ourselves, in order to live a life at a slower pace, we need to take time for that. To quiet our minds, to quiet our schedules, to get away. Sometimes that might mean literally getting away from people because people are overwhelming. I love y'all, but sometimes I need to get away. For some of us, that might mean we need to put notifications on our phone on silence for all social media, for email, for whatever it is that is bothering you constantly, or just outright delete them for a little while. So you can have a peace of mind for a moment, a peace of silence for, for a short time. Because we need that. Without that, we don't have a place to connect with God We don't have a place to refresh ourselves with God. God says, the Bible tells us that God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our refreshment. It tells us all of these things, but how are we actually going to experience that if we never actually get away and be with Him? We're never going to get it if we're never there. If we're constantly moving doing things for God, living our life for God, and yet we never take time to be with Him, then we're missing something. We're moving too quickly, so we need to take time to slow down. Time alone can help us recharge. Time alone can help us refocus. What's most important? Who is most important? Not just God, but who in our lives have we alienated? Friends or family or people that are close to us that we have not reached out to, that we need to reach out to. And thirdly, a little bit different, is taking a Sabbath. Now, this is something that I've learned of recently. So, many of y'all know, and I've shared before from this pulpit, that I take Mondays as my day off. And so, you know, I tell tell my team, y'all don't text me. If y'all text me, I'm not going to answer you. Um, Don't take it rudely. I just... If it's church stuff, I'll talk to you later. If it's life stuff, you know, hey, invite me to a cookout. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I will answer that. I'll answer that. But if it's work stuff, it's ministry stuff, I'm taking taking today off. I'm taking today off. And so that's good. And it, it is important for us to rest. Rest is key in life. We need to take time to get away from actually working. But something that I learned is the difference between rest and a Sabbath, because a Sabbath is rest, but it is more than that. The Bible tells us first about the Sabbath, we first see it in the beginning, in the creation story, where God says He took a day off of His work, away from everything. It says, and He rested. And so from that principle, the law was created to make a Sabbath and keep it holy. And the purpose of a Sabbath was no work whatsoever. It was to actually rest. Cause how many of us might have a day off and I have my day off, but you use that day off for personal work. I haven't cut the yard. I need to cut the yard. I need to take my car to get washed, get an oil change. I need to pay these bills, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need I need to go see this person, or do that thing, or, or I need to go buy groceries, or buy this, or buy... So we're, we're still working, we're still moving, we're still moving in that... Fact. We might be at a day off, but we're just working in a different way. And work is not the problem, but... When we are not fully resting, we're missing something. So a Sabbath is different from taking a day off because those are days that are important too. We got to take time for ourselves to do the things that we need to do. We we have to cut the yard otherwise it looks like a jungle. We have to take uh, oil change our vehicles otherwise they will die like my Chevy Cobalt did. We have to do these things that are important, they're necessary. But we also need to take time to get break away from all of that and stop. Rest. Rest in God's presence. Rest from work. Do things that we enjoy. Do things that bring us refreshment rather than tiredness. I think we do vacations wrong, too. I mean, you know, just in that sense. How many of us have gone to a vacation? We come back. I am more tired than when I left. Something's wrong here. Sometimes we don't even enjoy the places that we go because we are not taking Sabbath. We're simply working in a different place. So God wants us to break away from that all and slow down. God has called us to live a slower life. And these three things can help us find a way to slow down. And it's going to take time. It's going to take a change in mentality. It's going to take effort. It's going to take some work. Because it's not easy to slow down when you're moving fast. It's not easy to do that. But we have to let it go. And it starts today here with one thing. And I'm about to finish. And that is giving it to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, while talking about the religious burden that the religious leaders were putting on people, that had worn people out, in the same sense, we are facing burdens spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, that are wearing us out. And Jesus said to those people, He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble and hard and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light this is the place to start slowing down whereas individuals and as the church we take a moment to look at things differently, to look at things from a different perspective, to look again at what we're doing, to take a chance at, at, at listening to people that are saying things about the church, that are saying maybe there is something to it. Maybe there is something that we need to be doing differently because if we are constantly overwhelming ourselves, then how are we actually going to preach the gospel to people who are moving at a different pace than we are? We need to slow down. And in this moment today, would you stand with me? Let us take this moment. Let's take some time today to unload those burdens, to give them off to Jesus because that's what he says in, in this passage right here in Matthew chapter 11. He says, give it to me. Give it to me. Everything that's too heavy, give it to me. Everything that you can't handle, give it to me. The tiredness, give it to me. The stress, give it to me. The anxiety, I'll take it. The burdens that people have placed on you at work, I'll take it. The burdens that people have placed on you from a religious perspective, I'll take it. The things that are weighing down your body, your mind, your emotions... People around you, because sometimes this doesn't even, this, and it's not just sometimes, this will eventually affect the people around us. Because it's too much. It says, Jesus said, if you want to rest, if you want to walk with me, not run, not rush, not move at a breakneck pace, if you want to walk with me, we need to t- come to Jesus and say, Here are my burdens, my hurry, my life. Jesus, help me carry this because I cannot do it anymore. Today, we need to stop and smell the roses. We always say it's about the journey, not the destination. But in truth, many of us Are more focused on the destination that we missed the chance for the journey. So today, let's take that journey one step at a time. Father God, we come before you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in us today. We are here in this moment, are watching online in our lives have been too fast-paced. If we have been moving at speeds that, and we have gotten ahead of you, we are going places that we are not even supposed to be going, doing things we are not even supposed to be doing, help us to slow down, to push on the brakes in this moment, to stop here in this place, here in this moment, to be with you. Teach us, help us to learn from you, to walk with you one step at a time, one day at a time. Help us to walk with you, Jesus. If you are here today, this altar space is open. If you need a moment with Jesus, because that that's what he's here for. He wants you to encounter him in this place today. If you're watching online, wherever you are at, he is wanting you to encounter him right now too. Wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. He's there. And if you need prayer today, let us know, simply lift up your hand and we'll pray for you if you're online, let us know in the chat we'll pray for you too as the worship scene leads us in the time into his presence take this moment to just be with Jesus we hope you've enjoyed this message we'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you to connect with us, you can email us at amen at And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurchcom slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.